Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! Let's go! Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all of you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He's in the captain's chair and at the helm and behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we Call life. So welcome to His Heart Line. Today is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 583, The Resilient Spirit. And we will be doing a reading out of Psalm 54, which is yet again another short psalm just like yesterday. But first off, you know how we roll. We have to do our daily disclaimer. Now, I want to clarify then I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have any political degree or had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI, DOJ, and all the others. And while I am a member, a true member, of the Michigan General Journal Assembly and advocate for your participation in your local General Journal Assemblies. I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. And I want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other group. Try, keyword, try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and those scumbags over there at Tactical Civics or any other organization outside the Michigan model. I have never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this show are solely my own unless otherwise referenced. So there you go. Okay. I think first off, we need to just start off with Uncle Ted Nugent with a, uh, <laughs> this was an interview he was doing. Now, I don't know who this news host is, but this is just classic. 30 seconds. Let's just start off with this the people who believe it is a worthwhile vaccine and it is saving lives are they just dead wrong are they been feed fed a line from the federal government 
Tim, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to the people that went ahead and got the jab. I speak their language. I would speak to them thusly. They understand that. <laughs> well, so all these millions of people that got the shots, they're just stupid? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You get short, concise, and to the point. I tell you what, you got to hand it off to Ted Nugent. Man, what a legend. That was great. And what's better yet is, is the host was like, so what you're trying to say is that all these people that got the jab are stupid? Yep. <laughs> true that, Alvin. True that. Oh, my God. That's good stuff. I don't care who you are. That's good stuff. Leave it to Ted Nugent for telling you like it is. And you know what? You could tell he just doesn't care either. You know what I mean? I mean, good good on him. That's awesome. That's just amazing stuff. So I just wanted to kind of go over a couple of things, which I think is kind of crazy. Um, so apparently, according to the Gateway Pundit, uh, Obama's personal chef, uh, Tafari Campbell, right? Uh, apparently mysteriously drowned. Uh, and I don't want to make light of this. This is kind of sad, but mysteriously drowned in Obama's Martha's Vineyard. And uh, took a sw and apparently he took swimming lessons back in 2019. But here's what's interesting. Now the story changes to where Barack and Michelle Obama were on Martha's Vineyard when their private chef mysteriously drowned. Uh, does anybody believe any of that? Does anybody truly believe that he really drowned? I mean, can we, I mean, I, I smell like another Anthony Bourdain type of thing going on here, right? Oh, and my wife was saying right here in the chat, Clinton's chef also died the same day. That's very interesting. Come on. Do you guys smell any fishiness going on here? I mean, none of this. <laughs> Again, I don't mean to laugh at somebody's death because that's not what I'm laughing at. What I am laughing at, though, is, you know, these the, there's always a big line of bodies that are behind the Clintons, the Obamas, the Bushes. I mean, all these corrupt swamp people. I guess what I'm struggling with is when the hell are people going to start waking up and start assembling their states and start taking charge and getting back to power in, in your hands? I, I'm serious. I, I don't, I'm kind of at a point right now where um, I will continue to cover assembly stuff, but I'm just going to start becoming a little bit more blatantly honest and a little bit more forward in my delivery here. Because folks, until we get our head out of our ass and I'm just going to say it for what it is, we are going to be in for a line of shit going forward, okay? And I'm not trying to say this for shock value. I want to see our country situated. Honestly, you know what I would like it is? You know, here's what I would like. I would like to get on this show, do a daily Bible reading, actually spread some good news about what our states are doing, how the people are wielding the power, how we're flexing our muscle, respectfully and according to how God would want us to not in a tyrannical kind of way, by the way, I would love to get on this platform and actually talk about some really good positive things and not have really any, you know, negativity or any, you know, of this, this, Oh, guess who drowned today at Obama's pool? Oh, guess who was hanging from a doorknob with a, with a, with a, a, a necktie in, in some foreign hotel in Italy. I mean, I don't want to go over stuff like that. 
I want to go over, hey, guess what the people in New Hampshire did? They did X, Y, Z. Guess what the fine people in Alaska did? They got this passed. You know how this is going to benefit the people of Alaska? I want to cover stuff like that. <clears throat> this is what I want to cover. So I think going forward, we're going to start cranking up the heat because as more and more people start continuing to participate in this coup that's going across the country, and yeah, they are trying it in North Dakota. I'm finding out. You got a bunch of scumbags there in California who's hijacked the fine you know, they've, they've booted the good people out and they've hijacked the assembly out there. I don't, I mean, it, it, there's so much going on, folks. I mean, you got stuff in all sorts of states. And yes, Rietta, she says, not all of us. I know not all of you. I've already listed them yesterday in yesterday's show. The charlatan. I've already listed them. But the problem is... <clears throat> Some were successful at hijacking, uh, like the website, I should say, right? And some were not. Now, just pay attention to something, okay? When you go to national-assembly.net, by the way, notice that the states that actually have websites, like those are the like solid states, okay? Those websites that are on there, those are actually ran and operated by good people, okay? Now, I was trying to figure a way how to get around this because I was, you know... You know, I'm going to actually kind of keep my mouth silent because, again, I don't want to kind of overstep boundaries here because it, it walks a fine line. All I'm going to say is beware of the names that are on national-assembly.net. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Because there are some fine people out in California that are resituating their assembly and getting things in order. We'll just say that. Okay. Unfortunately, they have to use... In their case, as far as communications go, because their website was hijacked by bad people, they have to use a ProtonMail at ProtonMail extension. Now, that's California. Again, I, I, I don't know all the specifics, but I do know that the fine men and women out there who are actually trying to reinstitute their republic. Hold on one second. I got my daughter coming in. Yes, baby. We're doing a door outside, so I'm going to be done. Okay. Okay, very good. Love you. Good. <laughs> My daughter's telling me they're going to go outside <laughs> to, to, to the garden. But there are a lot of good people in California that are getting things situated in the assembly out there. But notice when you go to national-assembly.net, there is no website for California. I just want you to kind of take notice to that. So if you receive an email, from that extension that claims to be the lawful assembly, just take caution, take caution. Okay. Pay attention to the national-assembly.net website. But again, it's all up to the people in California. It's all up to the people in Florida. It's all up to the people in Missouri and was Michigan and Wisconsin. Okay. But pay attention to national-assembly.net for all of your updates, because one thing they will not hijack is the National Assembly website. I promise you. And how do I know that? I just know. Okay, we'll just leave it there. I just know. They're not going to be able to hijack it. So that is going to be your main hub of communication, as it always was. That's your conduit. Okay? So just take everything into sermon. But anyway, 
kind of pivoting over to the de facto side for a second, which I find this kind of interesting. I guess this was breaking earlier today. Governor Ron DeSantis down there in Florida, I guess, was involved in a car accident on the way to a Chattanooga, Tennessee event with the staff in, 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 in a vehicle. That's kind of interesting. See, these things just don't happen, you know, by themselves. All right. I mean, it's just amazing how many car accidents are always attempted on, on these politicians on the de facto side. Um, now, I'm not saying he's good or bad one way or the other. I mean, I'm very skeptical of him as far as de facto world goes. But, but I just find it very interesting that, he, you know, because, again, you see a lot of these car accidents being involved with, you know, with these politicians, congressmen, senators. Now, kind of switching lanes a little bit, I guess LeBron James's son uh, was suffering, suffered a cardiac arrest, and Elon Musk is out there suggesting that uh, it could be linked to the COVID vaccine. I don't know. Again, it's a shame. Don't want to ever make light of anybody's uh, misfortune or bad health scenarios, but you don't look. Elon Musk might be onto something. Maybe it is part of the COVID backs. I mean, everybody else that's in sports seems to be dropping miraculously and mysteriously. I mean, these are supposed to be some of the most well-built, you know, athletes in the world who compete, we'll just say, on a world-class level. People who, you know, compete on a world-class level just don't collapse of cardiac arrest, especially at the ripe old age of 18. I mean, Rietta says it right here, 18 years old, sounds like a vax injury to me. Yes, it sounds like a vax injury to me too. But yet everybody wants to go out there and keep saying, oh, the vax is great. I'm on my eighth booster. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Alvin. (laughs) Stupid chipmunk. Tell you, one of these days, I'm going to get to the bottom of that guy. So the IRS recently announced that apparently, and again, <laughs> the IRS is a joke, but the IRS recently announced that it will end most unannounced visits by revenue officers to taxpayers as part of a trade. Now, this is kind of a cool story. I was seeing this earlier in the Gateway Pundit. So I guess the revenue, you know, so the unannounced visits that will be, t- you know, that, that used to take place often by these officers, right, to the people of America, which supposedly was part of a transformation, you know, effort to enhance safety and reduce confusion. Yeah, right. Okay. But these visits apparently, I guess, are ending. Now, they can still occur in specific cases, apparently, right, according to what I was reading. But instead, the IRS will schedule meetings through mailed letters for announced visits. And so the change aims to improve overall quote unquote, safety for the men, American men and women, as well as the IRS employee. Now, the federal now, first off, I guess before I get into that, I do find this very interesting, this story, very interesting. Why? So they're going to stop doing unannounced visits. You know what that tells me? Again, this is for the public purview, but you know how I read this? Now, this is Jason Jones's interpretation. They don't have the funds to continue paying these agents to do these unannounced visits. They don't have the resources 
to conduct business as usual. And this is their way of telling the American people, we're not going to be breathing down your back as much because, well, quite frankly, we just don't have the people to do what we used to do by, uh, you know, basically trying to instill fear by showing up at your doorstep and threatening jail time if you don't pay your back taxes plus interest and penalties. That's how I read that. They're going to start sending letters of announced visits. Get out of here. They are running out of resources, folks, because it's getting dismantled. Again, this is how I read it. You can take that for a grain of salt, but take that into prayer and ask God for serious discernment. Last thing before we get into the reading. Now, here's something else. Again, I think this is all part of the Kabuki theater, but again, there is still real consequences that real American men and women are dealing with, including you and I. But the Federal Reserve is projected to raise the federal funds rate by a quarter point potentially setting it between 5.25 to 5.5%, marking the highest rate since 2001 and the 11th increase in almost a year and a half. Yeah, that rate hike, it's going to aim to further restrict economic activity and address inflammation, uh, inflation uh, concerns. Inflammation, inflation concerns. See, Wall Street and thugs, they're watching Jerome Powell very, very closely. And they're trying to watch for clues on when future rate hikes will occur. And some investors are actually believing that this may not be the last increase due to the economy's resilience and tight labor market, apparently. I don't really see a resilience in our economy. And I don't see a tight labor market because I see job you know, hiring, you know, for, you know, hiring signs everywhere. What tight job market? I don't see a a tight job market. Do you? And so I guess while some Fed officials support additional rate hikes, uncertainty still remains as they, you know, quote unquote, balance inflation concerns with economic stimulation. Well, what, again, I'm going to ask what economic stimulation because I sure as hell I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing it real time as I'm driving down the highways. People are not buying the gas in, in, in the quantities that they used to in summers past over the last few summers, with the exception of COVID 2020, by the way, that was a pretty slow year. But prior to that, look, I've been hauling fuel for seven years. I have never experienced it slow. You want to know how slow it is, folks? Let me tell you this. In the wintertime, we typically will get, you know, if we sign up for extra days beyond what we're scheduled, sometimes every once in a while we'll be called off on those extra days. It's rare, but we'll be called off because typically it's slower right around January, February, and March, maybe going into April. Typically, that's kind of the norm after the holidays. But when we're in the middle of July and our fleets were called or text, you know, we had a mass group text message go out to everybody saying anybody who opted to work extra from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, this past weekend, by the way, all extra days are canceled until Monday. That was a little unnerving for that to be in the middle of summer when it's typically at its busiest. So 
There's something going on, folks. Don't know what. But let's get into the reading, all right? Let's get into the reading. Psalm 54. This is to the chief musician with um, stringed instruments because, again, it's a psalm, and it's a contemplation of David when the Ziphites went and said, you know, said to Saul, is David not hiding with us? And again, it's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven verses, starting with verse one. Save me, O God, by your name and vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth, for strangers have risen up against me and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them, Selah. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil and cut them off in your truth. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. And that is the reading of Psalm chapter 54, verses 1 through 7. Man, Jason, that is a short psalm. It is. I didn't write it. That's what it is. Now, in this psalm, David facing the opposition of strangers and oppressors, kind of sounds familiar, right? They're seeking his life. And in the middle of that, he turns to God for salvation and vindication. He pleads for God's intervention and recognizing him as his ultimate helper and protector. See, during all this, David's unwavering trust in God's justice is a testament to the power of believing in divine wisdom, knowing that God will deal with evil in his truth and time. I'm going to pause there for a second because I think this is very important to hear. David's unwavering trust in God's justice is a testament to the power of believing in divine wisdom, knowing that God will deal with evil in his truth and his time. I know it's tough, but it's very important that we do the same. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I am the perfect example of displaying such actions, because sometimes, and I know this for a fact, and so does my wife or anybody who is very close to me, that sometimes... I get a little agitated and angry and just wonder what in the hell is going on and why hasn't this, that, or the other happened. But see, what I need to always continuously remember is that God, God's justice is good. And we do have a God who will deal with the evil in his own time. We have to trust it. We have to have unwavering trust in that. And yes, I know it's hard. I'll be the first to admit it. But as we reflect on David's response to adversity, we find valuable lessons to apply to our own lives. Now, first and foremost, we are reminded of the importance of seeking God's help in times of trouble. That's number one. See, because we all know right here on this platform, life can be pretty overwhelming, right? Life can be very overwhelming, but through prayer and resilient or reliance on God's strength, we can find comfort and assurance that he hears our cries. See, David's actions also demonstrate the significance of gratitude on our journey of faith, hence the gratitude journal that I'm always telling you to do. 
go out and buy a quick five, six, seven, eight, ten dollar journal and start today. Write down five to ten things that you are grateful for and make it a daily practice while you pray during or after it. So you got to remember that despite the challenges that David faced, he freely sacrificed to God and praised his name, recognizing his deliverance from all troubles. And in our moment of triumph and trials alike, offering praise and sacrifices to God helps us cultivate a heart of thanksgiving, enabling us to witness his grace in our lives. Jason, what are you talking about sacrifices? We're not going to be taking a goat and killing it in our backyard. That's not what I'm talking about. Yourself is a, you know, using your own self is a, as a living sacrifice is a sacrifice. Submitting your will to God, giving your life over to him. That doesn't mean you're killing something. What I'm saying is you are the living sacrifice. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Okay. Surrendering your life, your will over to God, and he will steer you right. Most importantly, David's unwavering trust in God's justice encourages us to surrender our grievances to him. See, instead of seeking revenge, which I know we all want to do, trust me, I know you all want to seek revenge against people who are wronging you. I see somebody here in the chat was saying, I'm sure we all feel that way quite frequently. Yes, I know we do. And I know you want to seek revenge. But remember, God always says, vengeance is mine. It's not you. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's God's. And so we need to trust in God's wisdom, knowing that he will cut off evil and work in his truth and time. And it is in this trust that we find peace and release ourselves from the burden of retaliation. Again, you're talking to the guy who would love nothing more than to retaliate against these pigs and scumbags. Trust me. I am with you. But we can't. We have to release ourselves from that burden of retaliation. And yes, I know it's hard because it's hard for me to comprehend some days. It really is. And I, I like that. Rietta was saying, honestly, I don't feel that way anymore. See, I know God will handle it, and we have his promise. I like the way, way she put it, anymore. See, I'm getting there. Like, my anxiety's gone, but I, I still get really irritated and frustrated with these people. I need to reach that anymore part here, like, soon. My anymore is just around the corner. I know it is. It's just not there yet, but it's close. But lastly, you know, facing opposition with faith is a cornerstone of David's response because as we navigate the challenges that come our way, let us stand firm in our faith, knowing that God is with us, right? Just like Rietta was just saying, because just as he delivered David from trouble, he is also faithful to deliver us from our trials as well. So. We need to basically embrace the lessons from Psalm 54 as we journey through our own life's complexities on a daily basis, right? We need to constantly seek God's help in prayer. We need to trust in his justice. We need to offer praises and offer ourselves as a living sacrifice with a grateful heart. Basically, overall, we just need to stand firm in faith, especially when being faced by challenges, right? Because by doing so, we can experience God's deliverance and find strength to overcome any obstacle that comes our way. So overall, I say this, may we be like David, acknowledging God as our helper and our shield as we walk in the path of faith and righteousness. Now, before I get into the next part of the discussion of the resilient spirit, I want to play something real quick. 
Um, I'm, I'm debating about if I want to play the whole audio, but it's about six minutes. It's by uh, it, it's from it was from Fox News with Kevin O'Leary, you know, the guy from Shark Tank. Um, let's listen to what he has to say about the, you know, the state of the economy. Hold on. Of course, we got commercials. Let me uh, wait for the commercial to go by. OK, here we go. Biden may claim he didn't coin the term Bidenomics, but he sure has been leaning into it lately. And all the talk about I'm big spending Biden, I lowered the deficit. <laughs> One trillion seven hundred billion dollars in the first two years. No one's ever done that. Alaska increased it by 40. Anyway, I won't finish. <laughs> well, that's Bidenomics in action. <laughs> And whether he's creepily whispering or ineffectively shouting about the strength of economic policies, Americans don't appear to be buying his assurances. According to a new Routers Ipsos poll, the economy remains the top concern for Americans. A new report in Fortune says many are cutting back on personal hygiene products like scouring shelves for cheaper toothpaste and what they say is a troubling sign for the economy. Kevin, thank goodness we have a resident expert on the couch today. What do you make of this? Uh, it's true. The problem with uh, the policy so far and the multiple bills, including the CHIPS Act and, of course, the Anti-Inflation Act, whatever you want to call it, is just massive spending. But it's the target of where that spending went. Here's the problem. Most of it's going to the S&P 500 companies. They're important. They're big employers in America. However, they only represent 40% of the economy. Hmm. What we haven't seen is the unintended consequence that's now we're seeing is that we're starving small business in America. We throw billions to Intel and nothing to a guy in Champaign-Urbana who's running a, a shop with 58 employees. His cost of capital, because of these rapid rate hikes, has gone through the moon. It went from maybe 6 or 7% now to 20%. He can't, he can't raise any capital because the regional banks have stopped lending to him as they wait to see what the new liquidity rules are. This is why I was on the Hill yesterday. I was banging the drum up and down the hall saying, Everybody, let's wake up to what's happening to my small companies. I got 34 plus companies. They can't raise a dime. There, there's no mm -hmm. Bidenomics for them. They have no capital. And that's a big problem. And it's manifesting itself. Those are the people that are looking for cheaper toothpaste and all the issues that are going around inflation. Core inflation is not down. CPI, yes, but core inflation, the real inflation that hurts a small individual that's trying to live off 58,000. They're getting killed. Mm -hmm. And this will show up in the polls. This will become political. But we've got to save small business right now. We have to do everything in our power to make sure they get access to capital. This is a problem that's only six to eight weeks old. Mm -hmm. You talk to anybody running a small business between five and 500 employees, they cannot raise any money. That's bad economic policy. Mm -hmm. And that's because Biden's focused only on the big guys. Well, we have a family small business, and not way. only have we been choking for so many years under this administration because of the COVID policies and the regulations, but to your point now, we can't get any capital, and the capital means nothing anyway because the dollar is, is so much less of a value. Carly, on Friends this morning, you were covering extensively the fact that shoppers, when they go to the grocery store, they are facing double-digit increases on those basics that Americans all need every day, flour. Yeah bread, sugar, things that we cook and provide for our families with, and yet our whispering, gleefully chuckling president seems to ignore it. And that's why campaigning on Bidenomics is such a risk, because not only are you telling people, don't believe what I'm feeling, believe what I'm telling you, 
It's also a risk because if we do go into a recession, it has a name, and it's Bidenomics. And Janet Yellen just said a few days ago that a recession isn't entirely off the table. Uh, but the White House is all in on this Bidenomics push. I just saw that they posted something on Instagram, and they're telling people to text them. They provide a number about how Bidenomics has affected them. And they, they showed a text that they say they received from a guy named Pat. He says, my neighbor just returned uh, to Minnesota from Pennsylvania by car and said they saw nothing but bridges being built everywhere. Thank you, Mr. President. The <laughs> comment section was not kind. I saw one person who said, I'll take a conversation that never happened for 200. <laughs> I think the likelihood, Kaylee, of someone texting, writing out Minnesota and Pennsylvania is a, about a, a million to one, I'd say. Yeah. And when, yeah. when uh, Carly points out Yellen's performance and what she says, I mean, was this before or after she was bowing to the Chinese? Oof. I mean, the, the optics have been absolutely ridiculous this whole time, but that pales in comparison to the real hurt that American people are facing right now and feeling. Yeah, I was reading a variety of estimates that the average American since Biden took over, um, has been cost anywhere from 5,000 is the lowest estimate I've seen to 34,000 in inflation. That's real money. Think about you wow. lost anywhere from five to $34,000. It's extraordinary. Um, there was the bank rate survey last week that said 78% do not feel financially secure, but note of caution, the economy stupid has always been the, you know, the, the phrasing of modern political era. Not anymore. The midterms, it was not the economy, stupid. The economy is, if it was the economy, Republicans would have prevailed in a huge red wave. They did not. Hmm. Um, I want to yield my time back to you because small businesses, as of even last year, were still hiring 60 to 70 percent of the workforce in America. And it's, so it is troubling to think that post-pandemic, we are still, they are still suffering and we're part of that suffering via our president. It turned on the Silicon Valley Bank. It was the moment when I saw the change occur. You mean when he paid for rich people yeah, not but, to fail. But what the, the, what the shockwave went through that people haven't seen the end of is every bank now, the 4,600 that mm -hmm. remain, where most small businesses bank and do payroll on Wednesday night, have been told, hold up on loans because we have to see the effects of real estate going through your portfolio. Wow. We've got a problem here, Houston. It's coming to a theater near you. Mm -mm. Kevin, we're so glad that you are here today. Hey, everyone, I'm Emily Campagno. Yeah, so, you know, in the midst of struggles that people are facing today, like when we were reading in Psalm 54, because Psalm 54, it offers a timeless wisdom that can provide solace and guidance for us. Because like, ju like just like we were reading, right? Just as David sought God's help in his challenging circumstances, like many people are facing today with the finance, you know, with the inflation that's going on. You know, people today, just like David did, people today can turn and should turn to faith and prayer during these, you know, these times of severe economic stress caused by this high inflation, this Bidenomics that he keeps talking about, right? That Kevin O'Leary was talking about. And again, yes, it is Kabuki theater, but I, like we always keep hearing from, you know, Dave on X-22. People have to be pushed to the precipice to be prompted into action. See, Inflation can lead to increased cost of living, obviously. Like we just saw gas hike up here in Michigan and it went 
it was at 359. Then it started ticking down to like 344, 339. Then all of a sudden overnight, boom, 369. Like, like what the heck just happened? Like we're not paying enough already in other goods and services. I mean, it's basically, you know, what they're doing is it's making it difficult for men and women and families to meet their basic needs as we were listening to Kevin on Fox and Friends there. See, because as people find themselves staying in more to cut expenses, the feeling of isolation and financial strain can be very overwhelming for a lot of people. And in these moments, like the psalm reminds us that we need to seek God's strength and inter, you know, for intervention. And we need to acknowledge that he hears our prayers and can offer comfort during times of hardship. Yes, I know it's hard, and I am struggling with that every once in a while myself. Believe you and me, folks. I would be a damned liar if I said I wasn't. But, you know, moreover, the psalm that we read emphasizes again on trust in God's justice. It's pertinent to the challenges of purchasing, you know, to 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 purchasing, you know, cheaper products due to strict budgets and limited income. I get it. You know, many people feel the need to compromise, you know, on the quality of goods that they buy, or struggle to afford essential items in general. Right? We just need to learn. Look, just trust in God's wisdom. That God will help navigate you through these times and help you with the decisions and help you find the peace, knowing that, you know, you just need to know that you're also not alone in these struggles. Your neighbors are feeling it. Your friends and family, your coworkers, they're all feeling it. We're all feeling it guys. But again, at what point are you going to finally just stand up and get rocking and rolling and get involved with reassembling your states because i'm telling you right now folks like i said at the very beginning and i'm going to keep saying it, i'm going to be more bold and more abrasive in my messaging you need to get off your ass if you're tired of dealing with being steamrolled are you tired of being steamrolled or what because i'm going to tell you right now the bad faction they're they're active in a coup right now just like what avr did back in 2019 you want to continue to be steamrolled another five to ten more years i sure as hell don't i definitely don't i know we are dealing with some really serious issues and people how, how do you get people to start waking up? I mean, really, and I know it sounds cruel because I absolutely hate it. Look, I mean, I'm not a one paycheck away from not being able to pay my bills or, you know, one paycheck away from starving. But I will say this. I have certainly adjusted, you know, we have we at the Jones household have certainly adjusted how often we go out to eat because of what we're experiencing here economically we are certainly retooling the budget a bit as needed right we're all feeling it but how do you get people to wake up you hit them where it hurts right in the pocketbook 
look, I know we're not supposed to idolize money and that's not what I'm talking about here. But what I am talking about is a basic, you know, providing ourselves for the basic necessities of life, food, shelter, utilities to keep us comfortable, comfortable in our, you know, households by being able to pay for gas and electric water. You got to, this is the only way I think people are going to learn. I mean, when are we going to finally stand up and wake up? Honestly, guys, in about a month, I'm about 30, you know, and I know some people might scoff at this if you're living in California or Florida, but, you know, here in Michigan, we have two seasons for taxes, winter taxes and summer taxes. Summer taxes is the big daddy. And I'm about one month away, four to five weeks away from having to cough up $3,100. I'm excited for that. Absolutely overjoyed for that. You know, when we reassemble our states, folks, I'm not trying to make this about, you know, financial prosperity and gain, but that is one of the effects of becoming together in unity. And by reassembling our states, we get to get rid of these unconstitutional taxes and property taxes that we should have never been paying for in the begin with, to begin with. Destry was just saying right here, too many people with personal issues get desperate to fix their personal problems and they end up destroying the lawful assembly. Yes, I know your taxes are 245. Get out of here with that. Yeah, I know, Alvin. 245. Man, I tell you what, I would be happy to cough up 245 over 3,100 just for summer taxes. Man, man. That doesn't even cover a quarter of my wintertime taxes, let alone summer. My Lord, 245. What is that? I don't even know what that looks like. Holy crap. My mom right there is saying hers is 8,600 bucks for the year. That sucks. But that also, that's also what happens when you live in, in hurricane country. My, oh, my, oh, my. I guess where am I going at with all this? Yeah. Like, like we read in Psalm 54, right? The message of seeking God's help, trusting in his justice, right? Offering gratitude, standing firm in faith. It provides us a blueprint for navigating the struggles of today's world, right? By, by, by helping us get through these financial hardships that we're dealing with. By trying to get these criminals put away or sent to the, you know, a capital punishment, if you will, for their crimes against humanity, like child trafficking. See, it reminds us that while economic hardships can be severe and overwhelming, turning to our faith can offer a source of strength and hope to overcome challenges and find deliverance from troubles. Because as individuals and communities face these same difficulties, Embracing the lessons that we read from this psalm up, you know, just earlier can bring comfort and a renewed sense of purpose in the face of adversity. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the resilient spirit embedded within us by God, the Father in heaven, for times such as these that we are actively and currently enduring. In Japan, there is a saying, and for those of you don't, that don't know, I actually was born in Japan, in Tokyo, Japan, on an Air Force base. 
And no, I do not have dual citizenship for those of you who are wondering. But I was born on an Air Force base in Tokyo. But the Japanese have a saying. Nana karobi yaoki. It means fall seven times, stand up eight. Fall seven times, stand up eight. Nana karobi yaoki. It conveys the idea of resilience and the determination to keep getting back up even after facing hardships or failures. Let me repeat that. Fall seven times, stand up eight means that it conveys the idea of resilience and the determination to keep getting back up after facing hardships or failures. And keep trusting in God. Keep leaning in Him. Let's pray. And then after this, I got a song by Casting Crowns. Again, I don't have the rights to it, but we're going to play it because it's a good song. It's called Praise You in This Storm. I think it's very fitting to what we were talking about. Heavenly Father, our gracious and loving God, thank you for all you do. Thank you for all that you provide. We face the challenges and struggles brought about by the current economic stress and high inflation that many people in this country and probably around the world are experiencing. We turn to you for strength and guidance, just as David sought your help and vindication in his difficult circumstances, and we seek your, your presence in our lives. We ask that you grant us the resilience to continuously rise above every fall that we take and to be able to stand back up firm in the face of adversity and to find hope in times of despair. When financial burdens and other hardships weigh heavy on our hearts, please remind us that you hear our prayers and that your loving hand is always with us. We ask that you help us trust in your justice and in your wisdom, knowing that you provide for all of our needs, not our own hands, but you provide for all of our needs. And may we find moments of gratitude, even in the midst of difficulties, and may our faith in you be a beacon of light in these dark times. And we also pray for the special intentions that are hidden in people's hearts. And Rietta adds to the prayer, Lord, we trust in you alone. You deserve all the glory. Please be with those in surgery going through tonight, um, going through tough times those worried, and anyone who just needs you. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Please heal our nation. And we also ask, um, Leslie Liberty was putting in here, please pray for my stepdaughter who has a serious surgery Thursday. Um, I have an assembly meeting tomorrow, so we'll probably miss the podcast, she says, but possibly a few of them. Thank you. But we do keep Leslie Liberty's stepdaughter in our prayer for a quick Recovery and a successful surgery by the surgeons that will be a part of it. May you guide their hands and be and just work through them. Work work their hands. Be the guidance for these doctors that they might be able to 
heal through you. We pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So, with that being said, we got Casting Crowns. Praise you in this storm. And then we will close out the show. And we will possibly, let's see, tomorrow is Wednesday. We should be back here tomorrow, given that I don't have any crazy oh delays. Today I had a 13 and a half hour day. It's been a very nice long day. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember what the Japanese say. Nana karobi yaoki. Fall seven times, stand up eight. This is the resilient spirit that we have here in America. God bless, ladies and gentlemen, and we will be back tomorrow. Once again, I say amen, and it's still raining. But as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you, and as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. And I'll praise you in this storm And I will lift my hand For you are who you are No matter where I am In every tear I've cried Or you hold in your hand You never left my side You know my heart is torn oh, I will praise you in this storm And I remember when I stumbled in the wind You heard my cry to you and raised me up again But my strength is almost gone How can I carry on if I can't find you? But as a thunder roll, I barely hear you whisper through the rain I'm with
And as your mercy falls, I'll raise my hands and praise the God again and takes away. And I'll praise you in this storm And I will lift my head For you are who you are No matter where I am And every tear I've cried You hold it in your hand You never left my side You know my heart is torn oh, I will praise you in this storm My help comes from, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes into them. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker. steadfast and we are uncompromising the enemy has crossed that line for the last time it is up to people like you and I to hold that line they've crossed the line way too many times and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it we gotta do this for God we gotta do this for our families we gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show.
don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Joining us here at His Heartline. We'll see you back here next time. You are fake news. Go ahead. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Don't be rude. Don't be rude.